Hi, my name is Justin Turnblum. I am originally from Rochester, New York. I currently live in New York City, and I work in sales and account management in software. I'm Monica Rehani. I'm 37 years old. I'm from East Meadow, New York, and I'm a product manager. Monica and I have been together for six years. We're engaged, but we've had to delay our wedding because of COVID. If I had to describe our love story, I would say it's serendipitous. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. My dating life before I met Justin was fairly non-existent, (laughs) I would say. I think men in my life previously, I would probably describe as situations um, or infatuations, but Justin is actually my first boyfriend. So my dating life before I met Monica was um, not great. You know, I I lived in L.A. for 10 years and I, I maybe I think I had one meaningful relationship during my time there and it was like half the span of what anybody else might say was a normal like healthy relationship that people are in you know LA is not always the most conducive city for you know long-term relationships that's kind of what I was looking for I'd say that in one way, being single in Los Angeles is is great, right? It's wonderful. Um, but in another different way, it is not because it is hard to actually have a relationship in Los Angeles, you know? It's a great place to stay single. I met Monica because I was in New York on a trip and I was in the city for a few days and I was on Bumble and just recklessly swiping. And I came across Monica and I was like, well, she's cute. And, you know, a friend of mine actually, um, who I was hanging out with on that trip was like, what is it that you hope will happen exactly? Like you're going to be on the Amtrak train out of the city or on a plane and you're suddenly going to get a match with somebody and you're going to find your soulmate. And that's actually exactly what happened. What drew me to Justin, well, he's very handsome. (laughs) So can't lie about that. But I genuinely don't remember what his profile said, but once we started speaking, I mean, I'm sure many people are on, you know, these apps. Just finding someone normal, frankly, is the first barrier (laughs) to entry. Yeah, you know, it's a dating app. The looks are the first thing you see. If I'm remembering anything about his profile and if it's anything like his personality now, it was hilarious, I'm sure. Yeah, he was just normal. 
So Monica and I, we met on the Bumble app and we started talking and then we took it to text. And not long into our conversation, I was just like, listen, I don't actually live in New York. I have to go back to Los Angeles now. Um, so totally don't blame you if you stop talking to me. And she's like, well, that would be really unfair of me if I stopped talking to you just because you lived in Los Angeles. And I was like, correct. That is true. So we kind of just kept talking. And in a way, the, the fact that you know, we didn't meet in person when I was in New York and we just started talking on the phone and then over FaceTime. In a way, it really actually allowed us to feel way more comfortable than I think a lot of other couples maybe feel on first initial dates. So I didn't actually get back to New York until three months later. And that's when we first met in person. It's so hard to say what our first date was because we didn't date like a normal couple. We'd been talking for so long and we'd covered so many topics. So when he finally came to New York, I actually lied to all my friends uh, <laughs> about where he was staying. So he stayed with me and he came to my apartment. I was just, I was so nervous. I'm, I'm a you know naturally nervous person. And he just came through the door. It was just so surreal. I, I didn't know what to do with myself because you have this person that you already feel so close to that you've already shared so much with, but you've never physically met them in person. So it's it's just bizarre. I'm also not a hugger. So then it's like, how do I, <laughs> how do I embrace this person? I had some treats prepared, which I always like to do when he would come to New York. Yeah, I, I was a ball of nerves, but I looked super cute. So <laughs> it went well. So I, I feel like what happened was, you know, I came up in, in, in the elevator and I, I went up to the door and like, you know, I myself was, was quite anxious and I just kind of like walked quite literally into Monica's life. And I do think there was a... There was a kiss there pretty soon right away, I want to say. It was like we were both like, like, all right, well, let's just, you know. I basically kissed her the second I walked through the door, is what I'm trying to say. It was sort of a peck. We were both just so nervous. I offered him water, like, like he was a maintenance man or something, and he spilled it. Like, we were just so nervous. So in terms of our first date, we kind of, we left the apartment, we went for coffee and we walked around the city and hopefully slowly started to calm down. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I would say our first our first date was really getting a cup of coffee from financier, walking around the city. And then ultimately we, Monica's very clever because she arranged for one of her, her favorite restaurants to be where we went for dinner that night, knowing that if it worked out, this would be where we went every year on our anniversary. So she has like excellent forethought and um, is brilliant in many ways. So one of the most pivotal dates I think that we had a really period of time is when we decided to establish this kind of relationship in earnest and we were like going back and forth and traveling to LA and New York. So, you know, one of the first trips that Monica made was out to LA and then we kind of went up the coast a little bit to Solvang and that was like everything that you would see like in a movie, it felt like, right? It was a little bit unreal. We had the, the road trip, we stayed at a beautiful hotel, and we just like enjoyed each other. And one thing I will say about dating long distance like that is that really every time that you're with that person, it feels like like extremely special. And like it's almost like a vacation from your normal reality. 
And that's good and bad, but, you know, it sets up different sort of expectations. But it was really pivotal because it just it made every moment that we actually spent together seem really special. We all have at least one thing we just can't get out of our head no matter how hard we try. At least one? <laughs> oh no, my mind is a proverbial storage unit of obsessive thoughts. Hey dolls, it's me, Benito Skinner. And I'm Mary Beth Barone. On our new show, Obsessed, we're working through some very particular um, attachments that are living rent-free in our minds. That's right. Crazy little thoughts you can only hear on Spotify. Every Monday, we'll catch up on the scandals, trends, and people from pop culture that plague us. I'm talking Kardashians, T-Swift, Timothy Chalamet, that kind of plague. Oh, Chalamet. Uh, Don't even get me started. And on Obsessed, no topic is off limits, including personal stories, which will definitely get us in trouble with our family and friends. Obsessions from our own lives? I have no idea what you're talking about, Mary Beth. Is kissing your boyfriend's family on the lips weird? As you can tell, we've got a lot to cover. Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Obsessed. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think, you know, the big hurdles were, was not only was it long distance, but I feel like to a certain extent, people in my life were like so extra skeptical about the relationship. They're like, well, this person's across the country. Like, uh, you know, this is the plot of a million movies that where somebody gets heartbroken or worse. And so honestly, that was part of it. it was constantly always having to be like, no, this is like, Actually, like I'm an adult and I understand my emotions in my life and this person is really meaningful to me. I, I'd say that that was part of it in addition to all the hurdles of taking a week and spending it in New York or vice versa and, and just the travel, just the wear and tear of travel on your on your life. I think the distance was a hurdle and sort of wondering how this would work long term if he didn't moved to New York because, you know, just with my family at the time, moving to L.A. wasn't necessarily an option for me. Ironically, my girlfriends weren't as skeptical as maybe you would think they were, but I think they know that I'm super protective of myself so that if I was sort of taking, you know, this risk, I'm pretty risk averse, then this guy probably isn't a murderer. I knew Justin was the one or at least someone that could be the one. Pretty early on in our phone calls, again, like he said, one of the advantages to just talking for three months is that you're talking for three months and you share so many things. And Justin was just so not judgmental about anything. And he just listened and he offered a different perspective and he challenged me. But yeah, he just he just wasn't judgmental and he just accepted me right away. And that was actually almost scary, but I knew right away that, yeah, he probably was going to be around for a while. 
So we actually have a, a running joke where we'll describe like something ludicrous that happens and I'll be like, that's when I knew. We do that all the time. She'll like, you know, order something special for me or whatever. And I'll be like, that's when I knew. But um, like when I actually knew was, I think, in on that trip to, to Solvang, you know, when we were driving up the PCH, but not, not because it was like extra special romantic, but it just felt so different from other relationships that I'd had. It felt so like easy and just right. Like there was just not a, a conflict or I never felt like I had to be anything other than my like most authentic self with her. So the first time that we said, I love you, was definitely not before we met in person. But but really, I think we both were afraid to, to say, right? I think couples in general early on, and nobody wants to be the first to say it and have it like not land, like, which is so weird because it's not gonna be like, well, this person that likes me is suddenly like, oh, she said she said she loved me. I can't, I can't be with them anymore. That's crazy. But I actually were up in Solvang and I was like teasing her a little bit. I would be like, I, and then I go like, it's just like so like actually appalling and, and, and rude now that I think about it looking back, but it was really funny to me. And Monica probably has a different take on that. I do have a different take on that. <laughs> it's funny now at the time. It was funny. He just, yeah, we were driving along. He'd be like, I, He's like, okay, buddy, like either spit it out or be quiet. Um, but he said it at the end of that trip. And then I reciprocated. And then I burst into tears as I'm, <laughs> as I do pretty often. So now it's just, a, it's a pretty funny joke. We'll just say, I So let me tell you about the proposal. I'd had it in my head for a while that I wanted to do the whole Central Park proposal. And we have like a bench by the pond. And our tradition is we get a black and white cookie from William Greenberg's at the Plaza Food Court. We sit on that bench and we just have a great time making fun of people and ducks and whatever else comes across our way. So I knew I wanted to do it there. The day of the proposal was like the Friday or the Thursday before Memorial Day weekend. And it was like beautiful weather and Hudson Yards just opened. And I was like, Monica, what do you want to do today? And she's like, I want to go to Hudson Yards. And I was like, uh, oh, what about if we went to Central Park? And she's like, I'd love to go to Hudson Yards though. And I was just like, please come with me to Central Park. We'll go to the Plaza Food Hall. We'll get lunch before we go. And so we did. She, she acquiesced and we did not go to the mall. And we went to Central Park. And um, afterwards, we got the cookie, you know, had the ring. It was burning a hole in my pocket the entire lunch. Like, I probably was acting like a crazy person. We get to the park. It is like a beautiful day in May. And there are just thousands of people everywhere. The bench is already, you know, taken. There's like people everywhere. I'm like, oh, I really miscalculated this because there's just so many people here. So I, I got ready to like get down on one knee and all that. And then like the guy next to us, just lit up like, um, you know, a, a marijuana cigarette, which is always what you hope will be a part of your proposal. And um, so we ignored that. And then I, you know, I proposed and she immediately said yes and burst into tears. And then like seconds after that, a, a fake Buddhist monk came up to her and tried to run the bracelet scam on her because she, he thought that she was like in distress or whatever would be an easy mark. And that is like, honestly, the most New York proposal you could possibly have. I was expecting the proposal in theory only because 
My father may or may not have told me that Justin had come and asked for my hand. So I knew it was <laughs> possibly imminent. Yeah, that day was a half day at work. It was a pretty annoying day at work, but that it was beautiful out. It was like the first really beautiful day of spring. And Justin wanted to go for a walk. He had mentioned maybe getting a black and white cookie, which is our thing. So that kind of tipped me off that he was very like, let's get a cookie. And I, I was like, do I see a, you know, a ring in his pocket? Is, is there anything there? I couldn't tell. But when we were walking, I'm like, no, you know, we went for lunch. I was like, all right. Yeah, this isn't this is probably not a thing. So I wasn't I'm not going to lie and say I was like 100 percent surprised, but I was shocked when it actually happened. And I just burst into tears and I just could not stop crying for a really long time, um, an embarrassing amount of time. She literally could not stop crying. And I had to be like, listen, OK, you need to stop crying because like I look like an abuser right now, just like walking you around Central Park and you're sobbing and like we're getting looks. So like, I love you and I'm so happy that you're moved. But please stop crying. So we were originally supposed to get married in October of 2020. We had moved it to May and then we had to move it again. So we're officially getting married in October of 2021. And what we're planning is probably like a, a medium-sized wedding um, on Long Island, on the water. Food is really important to us. So we're having it at a venue owned by a restaurant group. And it'll probably be a pretty traditional wedding. But honestly, after the year everyone's had, I think everyone's just gonna be so excited to one, just see each other in person but hopefully be able to celebrate and dance and drink way, way, way too much and just enjoy it. The thing I'm looking most you know, forward to in, in having the wedding is just seeing everybody in one place again, together. As many people that feel, feel comfortable being there. Uh, I, I, we don't, I think, have any illusions that COVID's going to be completely gone by then, but hopefully we'll have a mass you know, vaccination level that makes people feel comfortable. We just want to see our friends and family and not have to, to worry about, is there six feet between us? And just drink way too much and eat way too much and, and have a great time. Oh, and I guess also marrying Monica. For the honeymoon, you know, when we were originally supposed to get married, we had talked about driving down the coast of California, something that Justin's always wanted to do and I've never done, and then maybe planning something bigger later on now that we've had some time. I don't know what we're going to do. It's so hard to plan travel, but I've always wanted to just, I've gone to France before, but go as an adult and really go all over France. So I think something in Europe where we can cook and eat and just really absorb the culture, I think, is, is what we're probably going to do. What do I love the most about Monica? I mean, the list is, is exhaustive and extensive. She is very, very funny. She doesn't always laugh at everything that I do, but when she does, it's like the most satisfying thing. Like when I really make her laugh, I'm like, yes, nailed it. But you know, she she's so thoughtful and kind. She's literally like the most thoughtful person that anyone who's ever met her like knows about or has seen or heard about. She 
is the best gift giver, you know, like really thoughtful gifts. She is always there. The other thing is, is that she's literally always right. And it's actually infuriating. But I, I, I can, I think, count on one hand the number of times she's been wrong about actually anything. And that's like, you know, it's hard to live with that sort of perfection around you all the time. But um, it is nice to know. I'm just like, well, she was right. She is right. I still am learning to, to actually be like, well... Is she really right all the time? Yes, she really is. It's infuriating. What I love most about Justin is he's just a really good man. And he's my equal and he's a partner. And that's what I was looking for. You know, I loved my life before I met Justin, but I really wanted someone that I could share it with and have someone that would be, you know, a companion and, and someone I enjoyed being with. And that's who Justin is. See, that was the right answer. She's literally always right. What I'm looking forward to most in my future with Monica is, is actually a little bit unknown for, for me, but I know that no matter what it is, whatever life throws at us, we can, we can take it on together. I'm obviously very excited to actually finally marry her. I'm excited for the honeymoon. I'm excited for, I don't know why it feels like marriage is this moment where your life together officially starts, but like, I'm excited for, for that part to be done, for us to be husband and wife to move forward together. What I most look forward to in my future with Justin, I don't know, it's just, you know, having a house together at some point, maybe kids, who knows, being okay maybe without kids, but enjoying my partner. But I was a planner, I'm, I'm a nervous person, and I think with Justin, I'm kind of just excited about or okay with having literally no idea <laughs> what the rest of my life looks like, but I'll be with him. Thanks for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other podcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvedotter. 